Welcome, welcome, one and all. I am Tom, and this is Tom's Tavern. I have no idea if I've been consistent on those intros so far. It has been quite bad. But yes, welcome. I am on my own for today. Unfortunately, my usual compatriots cannot make it. And everyone else is busy. So, let's have a sip of this. Today we're drinking Old Moot Kiwi and Lime. A very nice cider from New Zealand. It's pronounced Moot. It says so on the bottle. I used to pronounce it Mount for years and years and years. So, what we talk about today, we are talking about the 1973 Martin Scorsese film Goncharov. Apart from it's, uh, I'm just going to absolutely preface this by saying that this film does not exist in any way, shape or form, other than in the mind of people on Tumblr. So, the way I found out about this, this whole debacle, I, my brightness is going to change because my monitor is going to be lighting up my face on and off. All stream podcast people, consider yourself as lucky you can't see that. I found about uh, yeah. I found out about this through a tweet by Natasha Simonova or at Philistella, and the tweet goes as follows: While we were all lamenting the demise of Twitter, Tumblr has apparently made a fake 1970s Martin Scorsese film to have shit wars about. And yeah, well. <laughs> After this, of course, I had to go and have a look at exactly what was going on. So, let's jump in at the beginning. So, apparently, the origin of the whole hashtag Goncharov thing, which, if you ask me, has really gotten out of hand. This is chronicled by um, La Folle on Tumblr. La, then Foll as F-O-L-L-E. Um, or huskini.tumblr.com is their blog but um, actually this is just pinned on their post a thing, hold on, let's see if I can find the original a minute, let's make sure I credit people correctly uh, actually no uh, no, Huskini is the actual original responder yep, that is correct so this is a thread compiled by Husky Nee, as their overall blog name is. Uh, someone anonymous asked, I'm so confused right now, can you explain the Gontrov thing? And they have I've chronicled it. They've chronicled it, so I'm going to go through it for you. Um, so basically, a year, roughly a year ago, a Tumblr user called Zooticon s- uploaded an image of some knockoff boots they ordered online, and instead of a brand name on the tag, they have the name of a Martin Scorsese film that doesn't exist called Goncharov. The entire tag reads as follows. The greatest uh, mafia movie ever made, Martin Scorsese presents Goncharov. Uh, Domenico Proacci Proacci production, something like that. A film by Matteo JWH0715. And it's about the Naples Mafia, according to the tag on these boots. Um, and then, obviously, the, the famous meme has someone responding, saying, this idiot hasn't seen Goncharov. Um, but after this had been floating around for about a year, someone went and made a poster. And I will say, it's quite a good-looking poster. It's very Mafia film it's very it's very movie poster you know hard not to make a movie poster when that's what you're intending to set out to do 
Let's have another sip of drink. Um, <clears throat> okay. And then, you know, next thing that happened was there was fake reviews appearing on Letterboxd, which is a movie reviewing site. So, <laughs> you got one here that's half a star that says it was painful to watch. Uh, it's disgraceful how... Uh, yeah, the people start making up characters. Katia has become like a famous non-existent character. Um, <laughs> it's, it's quite a insane thing. The best part is, is people will put things, like meta things in this. So here's one, a one-star review. I watched this because I kept seeing really good gontre, miss, misspelling, art on Tumblr, but it's just a bunch of boring conversations and shooting, which is obviously very meta given the film's entirely fictional and there is no way they could have watched it. Uh, and yeah, once again, movie is overhyped by I would die for you, Katya Michailov. Or however you're supposed to pronounce that. I'm sorry, Tumblr. Please don't hurt me. Um, and then, like, a whole bunch of things it started to get really, really meta. There's, like, a condensed timeline out there. Oh, no, there's, there's the law master post, which we'll go over in a bit. But, yeah, so... There's meta-analysis been done... Of it, <laughs> things like um, talking about Scorsese's in-house editing team, remasters, like it's the thing is, there's so many different laws because obviously it's it's entirely fictional. It is based on nothing except the loose idea of a mafia movie. So based on on famous movies such as The Godfather. Goodfellas is a mafia movie, I believe. I've not watched either of those films, so I don't really know. But yeah, so anyway, there's um, there's all sorts of analyses out there, and like all sorts of things. There's um, hold on, where have they gone? People doing movie breakdowns of it, like literally several. Like, nearing a thousand word movie breakdowns. In fact, let's see how many words this is. Let me just crack open a Word document and see exactly how many words these people are putting into this. How many words? 1,194 words of an analysis of a non-existent movie. Tumblr, you have some weird hobbies, I'm not going to lie. But, yeah, um... Okay, it's interesting because some of this is like, I've said this shit is disturbing. Can't show up with the tail. Oh, people have made, like, fake newspaper clippings about it. Like, all sorts of things. Um, there Within, like, a few days of the saga starting, there was already, like, five fanfics on AO3. Although, I guess, given they're not fanfics in the true form of their deriving from an original work... They are technically original works in themselves. These are completely, like, original works of art. These uh, these fake stories that have been generated out of this saga. Mmm, <clears throat> delicious. Um, I will just have a quick flick over to AO3. I did open it up just before the stream. 
and I wish I'd opened it on stream because my reaction was insane because I saw I saw someone mention on Tumblr that um, the there was like three or, f- or there was like five works on AO3 that jumped up to 19. When I opened it earlier, there was 550 works under the Goncharov tag, which is kind of nuts. There's ones crossed with Harry Potter. There's like all sorts of things. <laughs> it's um, uh, what's the lo- which one's the longest? Like the the Harry Potter cross one's a thousand words already. Nine thousand words for the third one on the list. That's insane. Two thousand words for a two person dinner attended by one. It's <laughs> it's genuinely nuts what some people have been doing with this. I mean, like, fair play to them. If they want to write original works based around a fictional movie, then go for it. But the fact that this has come around so quick is kind of insane. So, um, yeah, there's just a bunch of stuff. Let's go through the lore master post, or the, the gaunch lore, as they like to call it, apparently. Thanks, Tumblr. Um... Hold on. BuzzFeed and New York Times do not mind this post for content. This is a Tumblr phenomenon only. Strangely enough, I did see that this exact post was posted to the New York Times website. So they didn't read the header. Um, But, yeah. Uh, So, according to all known laws of aviation, no. Uh, According to the master post, this is the law of Goncharov in the real world, as far as I can tell. Like... This is how this phenomena came to be. Or it's sort of like a bit of like acting as if the film was real, but yeah. Um, so uh, Gontroff was released in 1973. It was written by Matteo JWH0715 and directed and or possibly co-written by Martin Scorsese. Scorsese's big name helped popularise the film, but as a result, JWHJ0715 significant contribution is over- often overlooked. Which is accurate, because who even is this person? But um, Gontroff was forgotten and actually difficult to acquire for many years. This may have been due to corporations hoarding rights and access, the actual mafia targeting distribution of the film, other factors, or a combination of these. This led to the pirating of the film, which allegedly led to pirating discourse surrounding the film. Right, okay. So, I'm guessing that's where some users have taken it to be more of a pirate movie than a mafia movie. And they're trying to account for that in this law post. Um, according to this post, there are talks of a Gontrov 2 remake. Or a Gontrov 2 or a remake, sorry. Um, Gontrov is a mafia boss in Naples of Russian origin. His wife, fiance, is named Katya, also of Russian origin. Gontrov may or may not have fled Russia and may or may not have been pers- pers- uh, pursued, not persuaded. Uh, pursued by someone trying to get him back to Russia, possibly to face legal justice. One such person trying to do so could be Valery Mikhailovich. Uh, Mikhailov. There's no itch on the end. Valery Mikhailov is Katya's sister. He may resent Gontrov due to his relationship with his sister and due to Gontrov being wanted by the Russian government. He is somewhat patriotic, possibly a former government worker or soldier. Katya's last name is Ia Michalova or Goncharova, although possibly with the wrong suffix. Her relationship with Goncharov is strained, tense, and possibly loveless. 
She ends up betraying him in the end. This is often seen as a subversion on the typical tropes of women in mafia movies, which, again, I have no knowledge, but knowing the rough culture that mafia movies evolved from, um, women play a heavy role in the role of what what the mafia considered mafia stuff. So, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, let's see. At some point, Katya is on a bridge with Goncharov. At some point, Katya points a gun at Goncharov. At some point, Katya is injured in a boat slash in a boathouse. So, yeah, this... Obviously, because this film doesn't exist, there's a lot of at-some points in this story where people have written things that have happened. They've got, like, reblogged a lot. And because of that, they've become part of the Goncharov law. I'm going to need a drink. Because this is already hurting my head. <laughs> Okay, so Katia is amicable with someone named Sophia who has brown hair. She's also who has subsexual homoerotic tension with her. Sophia may be working class slash poorer than many of the other characters are. Gontrov has subtextual homoerotic tension with someone named Andre. Andre is Gontrov's old friend, best friend, nemesis, enemy, competitor, depending on whose fan fiction or just straight up fiction you're reading here. There is at least one instance of all of them trying to kill the other. So we've got like a love quadrangle kind of going on here. Then there's a character called Ice Pick Joe. He's played by John Cazale. I feel like I recognise that name. Hold on, I'm just going to look him up. John Cazale. Oh, yeah. Him. That bloke. Damn. Where's my thing? There's my thing. I was looking for the close button on Chrome. I know where it is. Um, yep, this was John Cazale's sixth movie. He ate a famous ten-minute scene with Katia and at some point dies, also possibly by the hands of Katia. <laughs> Mario Ambrosini. That's the most Italian thing I've ever heard fictionalised. Uh, Mario Am- Ambrosini works with Gontrov, possibly as a lackey or number two. At some point in the middle of the story, he betrays Gontrov, and Gontrov tells him that he never wants to see him, Mario, again. It is unclear what happens to him after that. Mario also has a relationship with Andre that some have described as fascinating. It is unclear how. There is a clock motif in Gontrov, and a general theme regarding running out of time before death. Kind of like Hamilton. Hamilton, the musical, is very heavy on the running out of time things, especially in the latter, in the second act. Uh, there will be an episode on Hamilton in the future. My sister Kate will come along for that because she's a big fan of musicals. Um, yeah, so uh, running out of time before death, obviously. Uh, there are a few characters who seem at the very least subconsciously aware of the fact they have little time until their death. The film also deals with the theme of fate, of death and tragedy being inevitable things for these characters. Gontrov dies at the end of the movie due to someone's betrayal. And Gontrov was heavily influenced by the American Cold War propaganda of the time. Some argue that it plays right into the stereotypes of Russians. Others say it is a clever subversion of the propaganda and stereotypes of the time. So, yeah, there's a big post detailing exactly, well, roughly what we know. And hold on, actually, that's just, uh, that was put together. Let's credit nicely. Um, tsscat.tumblr.com or Titalum Scribe, Hick, whatever that's supposed to mean. But yeah, so there is... It's quite interesting how deep this idea goes and how an internet community has completely come up with an entirely fictional film. 
Um, right, okay, so let's go back to this master, uh, this this main post, roughly highlighting what's going on. I do kind of want to go and have a look at AO3. I'm scared to read any of these. Sort and filter. Can I sort by word count? I can sort by word count. If there's one beating the 9,000s, I will be genuinely impressed. Oh my goodness, there's one with 22,000 words. I feel like this needs to be printed into a novel. Um, it's called The Best Billionaire by Historically Inaccurate on AO3. That's genuinely impressive. If I could... I don't even know if I'd ever have time to read all that in between, you know, doing nothing all the time. Um, so, yeah, let's have... Uh, let's look, look deeper into this law, shall we? Uh, oh, God. There's a bunch of, like, um, fake news articles. Uh, from the, uh, the fake articles, it, it, like, from The Guardian, New York Film Academy, Variety. It's, uh, it's impressive. Questions of, like, um, sexual homo subtextual homoeroticism as an analogy to Cold War politics. And uh, the Mafia, the Femme Fatale, and female empowerment in Goncharov. You know, just like that sort of thing. I don't think there's any actual text to any of these. They're just sort of fake headlines, like links you might get on Google or whatever. But it, people have gone out of their way to make them seem as realistic as possible. Um, yeah, okay, so apparently all of these things, like most of these things that we've got here... A lot of stuff evolved just in the first day. Like, the Ice Pick Joe stuff, all of that started happening. Like, a bunch of meta-essays just appeared in, pardon me, the first day of this Gontrov thing starting. And then someone made a fake breaking news meme. <laughs> okay, uh... That one's quite good, actually. It's Breaking News, Gontrov 2, Cassius Revenge, whatever, whatever. And then there's... Because it's like in the style of the BBC ticker at the bottom. You've got the Breaking News, the headline, the time, and then the subheading, which is tends to be a ticker tape of just smaller news stories. And that one's quite good. Uh, I would say I put it on Twitter. But given, it's, given the subheadline's context, I can't. I'll be banned. It's got something to do with a certain new owner of Twitter no longer being alive. Uh, it's quite amusing, but, you know, I'm not going to go and get myself banned quite yet. Um, so there has been theorised that this whole thing is engineered to bring new users to Tumblr. You know, it has strangely coincided with one of the I'd say probably one of the two largest social media websites out there being acquired by someone who is behaving not in the original intent of the web platform's design, I'd say. I'm looking at you, Elon. You're ruining Twitter. Fuck off. But yeah, so... People have... Uh, people have figured out well, the people have been doing stuff like hypothesizing that this is a ploy from Tumblr's marketing department. If it is a ploy from Tumblr's marketing department and they've made someone write a 22,000 word 
post on AO3, then damn, give them a raise tumbler. Okay. So, there is an edit to this. And apparently, the boots in the original post that started this whole thing off are a reference to a movie called Gamora that came out in 2008. I don't know if that's real or not. I'd need to see an IMDB thing of that. <laughs> oh, Mateo. It's got the right names on it. Mateo Garon. Huh. Don't know what that's got to do with Martin Scorsese, unless he was a producer. Nope, it's, it's produced by Domenico... However you pronounce his name. Yeah, I'd say that's definitely an accurate assessment of that's what the original boots were based on. Um, it's based on the Scampia feud, whatever that is. Yeah, I'm guessing between the Camorra gangs in the Neapolitan quarter of Scampia in 2004 and 2005. Right, okay, it's some sort of argument... Or some some sort of feud in Naples in the early 2000s. Which is interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Which is... Okay, so there's there's a lot of edits to this post now with a lot of lot more background. So... Okay, so... This is based off of a... Like, someone's done the analysis on this type of thing. In true Tumblr fashion. It's very much a site for people who go down deep, deep rabbit holes in search of information that probably isn't even there. I'm talking a lot. This is uh, <laughs> this is quite difficult. Uh, so yeah, the funniest thing about the original Gontroff post is that I've seen people do exhaustive amounts of research in order to discern that it is a misspelling slash mistranslation of Martin Scorsese's Gamora, and then go, well, this explains everything, while well, never once questioning why it is on shoes. Which I'd say, you know, is a fair point. Why is this on shoes? Uh, and then someone goes on to say, I forgot most people wouldn't understand it, wouldn't understand it on site, uh, to be quite honest, professional blindness. The thing that matters is not that it was on a shoe, but it was on a machine-embroidered or machine-woven label. What happens is someone at the labels for Boots Factory ran a cool-looking piece of text in a language they didn't understand through either an OCR program or any number of similar software convert the text in a photo to a digital format that can be fed into an embroidery machine. Ah, okay. So, um... Oh, yeah, so the text was from the English-language poster for the film Gamora, and it was run through optical uh, character recognition software intended for use with both Cyrillic and Latin alphabet. So, basically... How it works is a factory in generally China, other developing countries do have a, this thing where they produce counterfeit goods very often like it, but they run this image through software that picks out characters. And what has happened here is it's mistaken some of the characters in the font that they use for this film. Gamora 2008... Let's have a look. Let's get the poster up again. Yeah, there's like a particular poster that I bet they used. And what it's done is it has recognised some of those characters incorrectly. Um, yeah, 
production becomes uh, PRDHHHCO in the original in the on the patch that was on the boot in the original image. So it's obviously red. It's missed the O, and it's turned a bunch of letters after it into three H's because you know optical character recognition software especially like lower end is absolute dog shit some people have made some very very good ones google are making some very interesting ones for their stuff but there's just like nothing else they're like kind of shit a lot of them um so it might have been ripped from a JPEG online, but given the age of Gamora, it was scanned off an old movie cover or movie poster, which, to be fair, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, there you go. So it's explained, it's on a shoe because shoes often need a big fancy label or decal to make them pass for branded products at a glance. Uh, it's, it's the same as, like, when you see a fake handbag that's supposed to be a Louis Vuitton, but it's actually Vuitton Vuitton or, or Bowie Le Bon or whatever. It's close enough that at a glance it wouldn't be noticed, but distinct enough that, you know, it's... You could technically say it's not copyright infringement. It's Bowie Blaton, not, not, not Louis Vuitton. But, yeah. So, um... Hold on, let's have a look. Okay, so some people have been going absolutely nuts for this kind of thing. Um, what? <laughs> okay, some of these posts are amazing to look at. Um, there's a, a extremely similar but apparently unrelated Gontrov tag at a, a that someone found at a, a Japanese market. Um, so I'm guessing it's one of those things that's come out of like where they put a phrase that makes absolutely no sense at all in English on Japanese clothing. We do the same over here in Britain. Superdry, for example, has absolutely nothing to do with Japan, despite the fact it says Superdry Japan on it. It is based in uh, Britain. Uh, that's for sure. How the hell do you spell Superdry? It is based here in the UK in Cheltenham. So, yeah. Uh, Tokyo via the Midlands. That's fun. Yeah, it was... Um, how was it founded? Cult Clothing Company. Yeah, in Cheltenham. So, that the phrase on the back, underneath the super dry thing, it, I'm fairly certain is somewhat nonsensical in Japanese. So, this is effectively the cultural equivalent uh, in Japan, though, or other Asian cu uh, cultures. Uh, a good video to watch on this is uh, Abroad in Japan did a good video on English or English mistranslations, especially uh, in shops such as Don Quixote over in Japan, which is sort of like a kind of like a dollar store, but kind of not. I'm just sorry, that's really off center, and I've just noticed. Um, oh, no, that looks off center now. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, um, it's a shop. Where you can buy like all sorts of rubbish for super cheap. It's like a pound stretcher here in the UK, or like a Family Dollar or Dollar General over in America, where you can just go there and buy all sorts of nonsense, and you get you get all sorts of products 
that make no sense in English, but they're popular over there because it seems cool and Western. Like, like exactly like Superdry seems over here. So, yeah, it makes sense that this sort of product exists. So, um... Ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Yeah, okay, so someone actually emailed the organization that made these, the company that made these boots. Bearing in mind, they'll probably make thousands of boots with thousands of different tags on them and everything. It's genuinely impressive. Um, oh, okay, so yeah, this is someone who found the ta- the um, the patch or tag or whatever in Japan asked them if they knew the supplier to find out more about it. People have gone like super deep down the rabbit hole here. Uh, they sourced it from somewhere in Asia, so like I said, China, possibly the Philippines. Bangladesh is big in textiles. Unfortunately, due to the West's obsession with fast fashion, I say wearing a Primark t-shirt and a, and a George shirt. But, um... Yeah, so apparently they've been making these tags since at least 2018, whereas the boots were made in 2022. Um, apparently the two tags and, or the tag and the label have similarities and make it clear they're from the same source. But enough differences that it's also clear they were made for different purposes or designed at different times. Um, it's more likely these tags came from the Cyrillic sphere, it's the theory. Russia and Central Asia, where they don't use the Latin alphabet, they use a, a well, Cyrillic in true form is close to Russian, but yeah, um, I migrated to East. Yeah, so like people have done big deep things on here. There's absolutely nothing on here about whether they heard back from the company that originally made the tag or anything, but. That's kind of interesting that they actually found the origin of this kind of thing. So yeah, the um, the tag has all of the same text, or well, a lot of the same text as the original patch on the boot. Um, oh wait, hold on. Apparently, ah, oh, there's a someone found the website that they likely acquired the tag from. But yeah, it has like all the all the misspellings and everything. But yeah, God, there's so so many people have been going deep into the lore. But you can find the tags if you search for them. Oh my goodness, you can actually order them. They do exist. It's I'm gonna have to So here we go. Here's where optical image opt, optical character recognition gets a bit weird because I'm using it here to translate Japanese into English. The tag is just labelled cool tag. Goncharov feels like paper, but is a sturdy material that won't tear unless you use scissors. And it is 198 yen, or about two pounds. <laughs> People went out and found this. You know, like, I do some deep research on things sometimes. Um... And this seems just a bit out of it to me. But yeah, so people seem to have found the source of 
where this Gontroff thing came from. Obviously, optical character recognition making a trendy Western-looking product for an Eastern market. Taylor's old as time. It's how um, black man underwear is a thing in Japan. Because, you know, that that's something we would not consider normal or even really sort of acceptable within certain spheres over here. But it's just a product in Japan. You can buy it at Don Quixote. Which, again, it's a strange name for a store, given it's a very famous literary character over here. Different cultures. It's very interesting. Um, guessing this is just the Gonch Law Post. Uh, oh, no. Okay, this is... Um, some stuff. There is an anchovy scene, apparently. Yeah, I'm gonna have. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna say people are gonna have to go out there and read on this themselves because every time I click on a link here, it gets deeper and deeper. Okay, hold on. Mmm, delicious cider. Okay, I have no idea what's going on there. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> this is where, like, all the text creativity gets blown out of the water. I'm not going to say that, like, one art film is more va is better than the others. But to me, there is a hell of a difference between writing 22,000 words of fiction and writing a score for a fictional movie, recording it, and releasing it. So, there is a like whole post. for the, There's a master post for the score by This Is Not Julie on Tumblr. And... It has like audio recordings of the main theme, the end credits, the reprise of the main theme, and, like a like a whole bunch of stuff. People have made music for this like scarily quickly. I've listened to some of it, obviously because it's all licensed to these people. I'm not going to play any on on the podcast because I don't have their permission, and that would be stealing. And I don't want to set a precedent of uh, that Time Warner might use against me one day because Time Warner are the worst when it comes to audio licensing. Right. So yeah, there's like Gontroff theme in the mirror, the clock theme, Andre's theme, Katya's leitmotif, which I believe is a film term. <laughs> As you can tell, I never actually got into filmmaking at uh, uni. Well, I did, but I couldn't continue with the course. Because I hated cybersecurity, it was terrible. But yeah, um, there is like a scary number of musical pieces written for this film that, once again, does not exist. <laughs> it's, um, you know, like I said, I'm not going to say that one art form is inherently more valuable than another, but it just feels a bit more insane to me. Not like, oh my god, the person who did this has lost their mind, but oh my god, people went out and did this. It's more of a shock to me that people have written music for this than written fiction for it. Because writing fiction is one of the internet's favourite pastimes. A lot of 
fan fictions originate on Tumblr, it is a very, very common thing. But yeah, there's like a lot pardon me of um, things like there's even bonus tracks <laughs> it's nuts wait hold on there's okay there's lore in the song so apparently there's a song called at, Go- at Gontrov's Gate PC version which is a song written for the PC game with a Super NES port released in 1994 for PC DOS <laughs> and then there's an into Intro to Gontrov, the Super Nintendo version. This is like extra levels of over the top. This is what we call extra as fuck. But damn. <laughs> like, you know, I've seen this post and I've looked at it and I've listened to some of the music, like I said, but. You know, then you go down into it and actually look at it. There's things like Lovers Fall On, which is Katia and Sophia's final goodbye, which is obviously the the homoromantic subtext between the women. Sophia's serenade to Katia, again, the same motif. It's quite... Um, it's very impressive how deep people have gone with some of this stuff. And I'm still going off the same, like, master post. It's genuinely insane. Uh, Right, let's have a look. Let's continue down this post. Oh, there's sheet music for this that people. There's actual sheet music that people have written for the Gontrov main theme. It's only like two pages of sheet music, but damn, I don't even know how to write sheet music. I guess that's what makes it a bit more insane to me that people would write music for this over a written medium because I can type I, I can write I've written blog posts that no longer exist because I stopped paying for my website like I, I've written 3,000 well no I've written like 4,500 words in the space of like a day just on She-Ra and the Princesses of Power but people going out there and writing Music to me seems insane, and then performing, recording, mastering, uploading—it's—it's something else. Um, So there is also apparently a trailer with the theme music. Someone has actually made it. I'm guessing with scenes from other movies. I'm going to have to go and watch this. I think. Yeah, that's that is made with scenes from other movies, but (laughs) that's so impressive. Um. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so all of that stuff up to the movie, up, up to the movie trailer, was in the first 45 hours of the original poster going up. We're not even at the two-day point yet. Um, oh, there's a Google document live compiling the law. Oh, okay, never mind. It is gone. Someone, it, Someone's building it right now. They're currently putting it back together. They have a Discord server with all the information on. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, as of closing on the third day after the instigation of what I'm referring to as the Gontrol event, there were 371 works on AO3. 
Mm. Okay, so there is a TV tropes page for Goncharov. <laughs> oh my, okay, so I'm just going to read this out to you. Uh, Gontrov is a 1973 film written and possibly directed by Matteo JWHJ0715. Yes, that was his legal name, maybe. Produced and directed by Martin Scorsese and starring Robert De Niro, Gene Hackman, Harvey Keitel, Keitel, Harvey, Sybil, and Sybil, uh, Sybil Shepherd, with John Cazale and Al Pacino. It has been called the greatest mafia movie ever made, and it follows the story of Gontrov, a former discotheque owner who comes to Naples and begins to work his bloody way up through the ranks of organised crime. In the process, Gontrov becomes entangled with the lives of Andre, a a familiar face from home, and the Neapolitan mafioso Mario. All the while, his his ambitious clash with that of his cunning wife Katia. This movie is very loosely based on the obscure 1961 speculative fiction novella Jestem Goncharov by Irma M. Schuess. I'm just going to have to look up and see if that's actually a thing or whether it's just absolute more layers of this. Okay, it seems that it is uh, another fictional thing because it just links me back to the same post and then Tumblr, so... <laughs> yeah, um... Uh, the novella itself is now out of print. The film was similarly def- uh, difficult to obtain for many years due to distribution following its initial limited theatrical run being tied up by conflicting translation rights. The existence of at least seven alternate cuts of the film, <laughs> rumored interference from, from the actual mafia, and a very unorthodox advertising campaign which involved putting the ads not on billboards or in, mu- or in movie theatre walls, but on the tags for boots. Okay, that's a nice meta reference. I like that bit. For over two decades, many have even considered it to be a missing episode of Scorsese's canon, with Scorsese himself famously quipping that we'll probably see the day the crown cried before we see Goncharov again. He never actually said that, because again, the film never existed. The film was finally released on DVD and VHS in 1998, and has seen several re-releases since, bringing renewed appreciation for this long-forgotten masterpiece, which, again, does not exist. Although, to be fair, I have considered maybe looking into trying to figure out a script for this thing <laughs> and maybe trying and pitching it to tumblr we, we see if we can get together and do a creative action of filming a film we're going to need a time machine and robert de niro okay um character law from the person who originated the first poster okay Okay, yep, so there's um, the person who posted the original thing? Was it this one? Who are you? Come here. Oh yeah, creator of the Gontorov poster, the OG, the thing that sparked this all. Um, So apparently Gontorov, portrayed by Robert De Niro, kind of fits the noir hero archetype. Mysterious origin, in love with Katya, uh, no bullshit attitude. Mario Ambrosini, played by Al Pacino, in some ways similar to Michael Corleone, in others the complete opposite. Thinks he's smarter than the big boss Andre and is probably right, but friends Gontrov at some point is of humble origin. Andre the banker Dodano, Harvey Keitel. The chief, the boss, the capo, the big evil. Member of the Naples Mafia, I guess, lol. Lots of money, easily offended, likes Mafia hierarchy and customs, likes to do things by the Mafia book. Okay, yes, yeah, so this is just explaining exactly who's here. Uh, I'll tell you what. This lore is insane. 
what we know. Wait, hold on. What's this information? Okay, so now Tumblr's just... Oh, there we go. Tumblr's just sometimes not loading for me now because I've got so many tabs open. Um, <laughs> this is insane. Oh, I should have done this. I should, probably should have written this and presented this as like a video essay type thing and then released the audio transcript or the audio. But uh, no, this isn't the format Tom's Tavern, so... Ah, sorry. Right, so... Okay, so people have been making up the background of Matteo JWH0715. Uh, so apparently a young queer man growing up isolated in Catholic post-war Italy. This is huge. They, okay, so they've completely made up like a, a fake article to pull this from. <laughs> the, some of the titles they make up to cite things from is kind of yeah out there okay hold on let's have a look let's have a look ah uh, yeah okay it's really slow to load um okay yeah so fan artists and tumblr movie theorists are being contacted and interviewed by news reporters Apparently. Yeah, here you go. So there's like genuine news things from um, Insider, Yahoo News. Is this like an actual link? It is an actual link. Yeah. The completely made up Martin Scorsese movie that Tumblr users are obsessed with. I wouldn't say they're so much obsessed. They're only obsessed with it because they entirely created it. It is entirely a work of fiction. As I keep reinstating, uh, uh, I'm not going to lie. After hearing so much about this fake film, I do really want to see it. Um, yeah, end of day four, there were 485 works and the Gontrov tag on AO3. I don't know how far we are into this whole saga. I kind of need to see the original. Is the original still up? Made by Beezlebub. November 20th. Yeah, we are in the fifth day of this saga, and there is already 550 works. I bet if I refresh now on AO3, there's more. It went up by one in the time I sorted by longest. Jesus fucking Christ, Tumblr. Ha ha ha. You know, it is genuinely impressive. I'm not even like... God, what's wrong with these people? I'm just here like... This is... This is incredible. Imagine what Tumblr could achieve if they put their mind to something other than fake movies. Like, really? Okay, so we are at the end of this post now on Tumblr. Because we're only in day five of this saga. I do love that, like, this whole mate, this whole mega post appeared from I'm so confused right now, can you explain the Gontrov thing? I get off Tumblr for five minutes. And this became, like, a major thing to talk about on the internet. Obviously, there's bigger things going on right now. The World Cup's going on. More people are talking about that. But I feel like this is super interesting. This is a really good look uh, into certain internet communities. Like... This sort of thing, I would say, probably wouldn't happen on Twitter. Definitely not on Facebook. 
not to this degree on Reddit. Discord's not really a social media. But it is, like, <laughs> genuinely impressive. Like, how deep the lore has gone. People have been doing artwork. People have been, like, compiling all sorts of things. Someone's managed to post, like, a fake of the... Or, like, make fake screenshots of it. Oh, haha. <laughs> Okay, this is a good meme. So someone's got uh, Tumblr in 2012, and then it's a scene from Arthur, the children's kids' TV. The children's kids' TV, bloody hell. The, the children's television channel uh, show, even. of You really think someone would do that? Just go on the internet and tell us lies? And then uh, Tumblr in 2022, it's the scene from The Good Place where Chidi sees the time knife, and it's. but then it's edited to say, yeah, that's the greatest mafia movie of all time. We've all seen it. Uh, if you haven't watched The Good Place, go and watch it. It is fucking amazing but yeah i just wanted to have a bit of a talk about this uh this interesting piece of internet history because this this is quite historical this is to my knowledge the first time that an idea like this has really really taken off obviously certain things take off within fan fiction communities but from an for an entirely original piece of fictional work to exist like this and the best part is it's not one overarching there's like the overarching themes are all roughly similar but everyone's headcanon is entirely different because there is no real medium to compare it to it's not like you can say oh yeah well you think this ship is uh, this ship's wrong if you go and watch the movie you cannot watch this movie it does not exist it will probably never exist, especially not in the form people think it is, mainly because like people from the ca from the acclaimed cast are deceased now, unfortunately. But it's genuinely insane. Again, from the same, not these people are nuts, but from the, this is just so out there, this is so abnormal. <laughs> I mean, if any website was going to do it, it was probably going to be Tumblr. Or AO3. I mean, this is kind of AO3's thing. Their whole writing of stories. This is a very, very long story. Um, but yeah, like this is um, genuinely <laughs> amazing. I'm not going to lie. Okay, right. I see, I see, I see. So I'm just I'm just having a look at AO3 while I was having that rant of how only Tumblr could achieve this, <laughs> and so the longest fan fiction with the Goncharov tag is actually it's an addition to an existing tag, or an ex existing um, fan fiction. That's it. That's what I'm thinking of from uh, covering Batman, Iron Man, Superman. And now Goncharov, apparently. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I was I was scrolling through here and then I saw names I recognised in the characters and I was like, hold on, this, this doesn't make any fucking sense. But yeah, it's, <laughs> it's genuinely uh, amazing. Yeah, people have been writing Goncharov into their fanfiction. Is this entirely Goncharov based? Oh yeah, I'm happy with seeing adult content. I'm legally an adult. Okay, yeah, so this, the longest post I can find that is exclusively 
gontra of things. It's only 11,440 words long. And it's four days old. So, you know, they've still got plenty of time to go. <laughs> oh, it's an entirely fictional Wikipedia page about it. Okay, that's interesting. That's, uh... Okay, development. The uh, the role of Katya was originally created for Linda Carter, but scheduled conflicts prevented her from accepting it. I did see some things about Linda Carter in one of the threads, but yeah. Uh, yeah, they've gone and made an entirely fictional um, Wikipedia page, although I do kind of want to see if it exists. Wikipedia. Because I imagine there will be a Wikipedia page about this eventually, but more as the phenomenon that it is from the internet. Deaths in 2022. We got the death list for that list. Thanks, Wikipedia. Goncharov. Okay, there's two pages later. There's... Uh, for the fictional film, see Goncharov meme. Okay. Thanks, Wikipedia. Yeah. Okay, well, the, Wikipedia is referring, or whoever authored the article on Wikipedia, refers to it as uh, a collaborative project, which I guess it kind of is. It's a bunch of people at this point. I have no idea how many users. But given the number of notes on some of the larger posts, hold on, if you look at Husky Knee's big post, how many? 47,000 notes on Tumblr. Which is uh, interaction. Reblogs and likes. That sort of thing. Um, so yeah. At least uh, 47,000 people have interacted with this medium. Of effectively crowdsourcing a fake Martin Scorsese film. <laughs> Which is kind of odd when you think about it. But uh, there's like a whole bunch of uh, like head cannons, posters, like fan recasts here. So there's Lin Manuel Miranda as the Nator, Toby Maguire as Ice Pick Joe, Leonardo DiCaprio as Valerie, like that sort of thing going on. Like fake movie screenshots, memes. It is just kind of something else it is incredible to witness really it's one of those internet things that will probably i'm hoping it'll be referenced in the future just something to look back on and have a laugh about because damn the rest of the internet right now seems like a bit of a shittle especially with the prevalence of online ads scams etc and just the mess my hell home of twitter has just become way worse so Back to Reddit for me, I guess. Or now, I guess, Tumblr. Never really looked into... Well, I looked into Tumblr a little bit. My Tumblr account's a bit old. But never did anything with it. Because I never understood the website. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. That's... That's the, uh, the fictitious Martin Scorsese film of Goncharov. It is... Definitely fucking weird. One of the stranger things the internet has come up with. But, I think that's going to be it for today on Tom's Tavern. Um, 
a bit of a shorter one than before, mainly because I'm the only one here, and I've run out of things to talk about. <laughs> so, next week will hopefully be a bit longer. We'll talk about the Fallout game series, me and Burridge. Maybe Kieran, I don't know, it depends if I can get his attention or not. Week after that, we're doing Christmas dinners. But, yeah, there's stuff happening. Uh, I'm just going to keep scrolling through here, see if there's anything interesting. How do you all feel about the Gontrov reboot? Or Civ- <laughs> Yeah. Let's just have a quick look through the um, the fake Wikipedia post. The problem is it blinds my eyes because it's just bright white. Uh, so yeah, let's just I'll just do a quick reading of the plot and then we will end it there. Um, so after the betrayal of an unknown character leading to the dissolution of his crime ring and the destruction of his home, dissolution mafia boss turned independent mercenary Goncharov emigrates from Soviet Russia to Italy with his wife Katya, who harbours secrets. They, nest, they settle in Naples, where Goncharov hopes to leave his life of violence behind him. Katya sees opportunity where her husband does not, and she ensures that Goncharov's long-lost friend and rival for her affections, Andre, follows them there from Torino. During the shootout, Gontrov is the last man alive, but not the last man standing. His right leg is injured during his flashback. Andre invites Gontrov to meet him at the clock tower, but Gontrov is stalled by a chance encounter with an Italian gambler. Reminds Gontrov of his former successful money laundering empire of discotheques and casinos. That that detail just makes it just abuses me for some reason. <laughs> Discontent with Gontrov's new expectations of a calm and domestic life and reluctant to fulfil the traditional expectations of a housewife, Katya is unexpectedly offered an apple by a childhood friend at the market when Andre relays an invitation to Gontrov. They will dine in a restaurant tonight at 11 o'clock. When, is there? when the glass face of the grandfather clock in Gontrov's salon cracks when Ice Pick Joe waits in the shadows with a gun... Their sojourn to Pompeii has ended in disaster. As money changes hands, Andre and Gontrov discuss wine and, ancho- and anchovy pairings. That's where the anchovy shit comes in. Um, to mislead Valerie. He finds a bloodstained coat and fears the worst. Ambrosini agrees that the alliance has been held. Has he even been fucking introduced? He's not even been introduced in this fucking plot yet. I'm guessing that's the Italian gambler. Uh, anyway, where was I? Ambrosini agrees that the alliance has been successful thus far and commits to working together with Gontrov after they come to an agreement during negotiations, but Andre is not convinced. However, it isn't until Katya throws the empty beer bottle against the wall where it shatters that Ambrosini crosses the bridge after... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say this is getting very confusing here. Valerie accuses Gontrov of corruption, both himself and of his wife. Both of himself and of his wife. Um, however, it is through their dance beneath the twinkling lights of the palace that Gontrov feels again the strength of his love for Katya renewed. When he spots her jewel-toned cocktail dress, Sophia's presence strikes Ice Pick Joe as too convenient to pass up. Yeah, this this kind of makes very little sense. Uh, earlier in the film, however, he hid the watch in the same place as the gun used to kill him. When Andre spots Gontrov and Katya at the clock tower, he is overcome by jealousy. Um, Michalov? Mikhailov? <laughs> yeah, this... Um, I'd say this needs rewriting. Um, Mikhailov reminds Gontrov that his fate is inescapable just before. Even though the fish in the bowl will always remain in captivity and can never return to the waters whence they came, they all have their needs provided for. The bell rings, it's too late. Gontrov looks up, it was Andre. But what he does know is that Katya is behind him. The boat rocks back and forth. The waters of the Mediterranean Sea are uncharacteristically cold and rough. Winter has come to Naples. Okay, yeah, so that plot makes zero fucking sense. Um... <laughs> 
I someone needs to tell the author of that the fanfic that that is nonsensical. But yeah, anyway, that is us all done for today on today's episode of Tom's Tavern. If you want to see what else we're up to, um, there's very limited information out there because I haven't got around to making everything yet. BlueTail.media forward slash tavern, there's stuff on there. Um, or on my Twitter, twitter.com forward slash TA speed, if the site still exists. Other than that, we'll be back next week, like I said, talking about Fallout. That is us all done for today. Thank you all so much for watching slash listening. And we'll be back next week. Goodbye. This has been a Bluetail Media Production.